welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, we're in yet another season. season. nine. How is that possible? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Do folks know that you and I sat in a laundry room during the pandemic and decided this was a good idea? Yeah. Well, if they didn't, some of them who <laughs> now know, you know us may have guessed. Um, so in this season, the fun thing is, you know, we kind of made this uh, some of our favorite yes, things absolutely. type of season. And... For each of us, that means a little something different. You know, I'm so embedded in the teacher prep part, and and, and I'm passionate about it. And you are too, but yeah. I, I've kind of taken it on in a yeah, different absolutely. layer and a different level. Got so your hands dirty. We, I've got my hands <laughs> super dirty. So we have, you know, some teacher prep kind yeah. of things to talk about. Um, we both co-teaching. <laughs> we both love to talk about co-teaching, yes. um, and I think we bring maybe some different ideas Absolutely. that people might have considered about co-teaching. Yep. So suspend your judgment yep. in yep. advance. Communication, all kinds of things we love, right? Yeah, yeah. So even if and guess you, what I love? Oh, Lisa, I know what you love, but you tell our you tell our listeners what you love. So, so one of the topics I wanted to just chat a little bit, and again, we kick both off the love season it. with we it. We love it. We love it. We love technology, but I really wanted to talk about kind of this cliff that you and I are trying to jump over mm -hmm. is the future of technology. And yeah. for those who don't know, I've had a crazy privilege of helping create something you're called Teach Live Simulation, but we both think the future is really robots, assisted AI, biometrics, eye tracking, facial tracking, all kinds of understanding with complete respect for humans being the thing and the ethics behind it, because we struggle with that, and that we talk about that a lot. Uh, but I really wanted to talk just a little bit about where we think the world's going in technology and simulation, and not technology for use and laptops and social media and all of that, but kind of this cliff diving. And, and I think, you know, one of my favorite personal moments for cliff diving in technology is one of our scholars who is very public and very open and would be very comfortable, who is blind, who's been on our podcast, wearing that IRA. And oh, I yeah. still remember the first day she came, if you don't know what, it's an A-I-R-A. She's wearing glasses and she's blind and there's a little thing in her ear and her camera. And she said, I just read the menu at Einstein's. And it's those kind of moments that I think we're right at the cusp of, of happening over mm -hmm. and over and over for kids families, people with disabilities. And I don't know how we get the world ready for that in yeah. teacher preparation because well, it changes so fast. That particular tool, I'm gonna give our listeners a one little bit more information about this because this this particular student is, is completely blind and this is a fairly simple technology yeah. actually yeah. because it's literally like walking around with a camera. So she wasn't physically reading the menu, but somebody right. was on a remote Call with her viewing what she's viewing and telling her so they're reading it for her right into her ear eggs and bacon yeah mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and and that's where I think we have to be ready and I really struggle personally with how do we prepare teachers for what's coming well this <laughs> is yeah this is the thing I think I know for me when it comes to AI, and we're both working on an AI project right now. Artificial intelligence, yes. for those who don't know what so AI is. We're fully immersed in the world of this right now. And yet, there's scary things about AI, yeah. too. And it's, you know, we don't want teachers to be replaced by Ever. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, there are ways to use technology as true specific supports, you know. And so it's, it's about figuring out the place, 
you know, a place that we share. Absolutely. So that I can do what I do best personally and have some of the other pieces supplemented. So right. And lowering the cognitive load. Like like as a teacher, you make 1,300 decisions a day. If I could take 300 out of your hands because AI makes the right decision for you. Uh, so now I'm not tired, grumpy, under-caffeinated, over-caffeinated, mm-hmm. whatever, that emotionally regulates. So that's the AI we're working yeah. on, is an AI agent that helps kids self-regulate. I, as a teacher, stand ready for that. But I don't want an AI agent that makes me decide that you need more help in math than you don't. Like, I don't think we're going to get there, but I do think we want a couple of things. I think AI is going to tell us something, and I think biometrics. Mm-hmm. I would love, because this season we're going to talk about kids with emotional behavior disorders. We're going to talk about co-teaching. I would love if my co-teacher and I could look on a dashboard like you do in your car and say, out of gas, <laughs> overheating, uh, too cold, turn up the thermostat and make those decisions and we're there like if you wear any device at home that device could tell us that but now one how do we do that how do we ethically gather that data and then how do we use that and better yet i then want that reversed i want somebody to know lisa deeker's done Mm -hmm. she's exhausted and if you ask her to come to an after-school meeting and she meltdowns and cries my data shows that already. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's like running on empty in both directions. So how do we overlay it to help lower my cognitive load? But how do we use it to help us be more mentally healthy mm-hmm. in what we're doing in teaching? Because teacher shortages are real, and we're going to talk about that this mm-hmm. season too. And for the, you know, I've been interested in the biometric part for a long time and the whole idea of biofeedback and the whole idea of, you know, for me, it can be as simple as creating the kind of technology, and there's tons of things that yes. exist that that can do this kind of thing. But you know, that just if I'm if I'm a, a student and I'm feeling stressed or upset or something, and it vibrates on my wrist and gives me a little message, you know, <gasps> breathe. Yeah, any anything. So so I think there's a lot that's coming, and there's things on the market. And I think what we've been doing, we know from from our project, even the biometric part, there's. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Absolutely. Because, you know, the technology is available, not everybody's looking at it in education. And we of course you mentioned the ethics. Yes. So what do we do, Lisa, about the fact that, you know, maybe like, are we going to a place where kids are wearing devices and somebody's <laughs> monitoring? I don't know. Yeah, well, and, and that's, so two things there. One is all technology has bias, period. Whoever created it, whether they like it or not, could have had five million panels, but there's still that one person who's X, Y, Z, L, M, N, O, P is not on that panel. So all technology has bias. I think that's the first thing. And the second thing is, I think we have to think about what is the ethical use of that data? Do I need to take your heart rate when you're fine? But maybe I do because we don't know if you're fine. Like what if internally you're really stressed out and you're just not outwardly showing it? So I think there's gonna be a lot of discussions. Like when you go to the hospital, they automatically take some basic measures. Mm -hmm. Okay, but they don't say, oh, I'm gonna hook you up to an EEG and an EKG because you walked in the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And I think it's those same ethics that medicine has had. I think we're gonna have to have those discussions. What's the right dosage and what's the right amount of technology? We saw that in the pandemic. How long do we want kids on a screen? 
I don't have the answer, mm -hmm. but I think it's something that your phone now tells you you've had this much screen time. Mm -hmm. So what's the ethics behind that? I think that's what we're going to have to think about both in teacher preparation as families, but also when I work with kids with disabilities. And I think as a teacher, I think the practical side of this isn't that you have to be the ones to create it or, you know, worry about it. I think from what I'm seeing, and I know um, professionally, things are being created that actually reduce the amount. It's not like the old yeah. days where I've got to learn 50 new programs, et cetera. It's not that. It's more about how can I feel comfortable integrating something that's pretty plug and play in a lot of cases. Now, the one thing I would leave our listeners with in this big, broad area of, uh, you know, technology plus, because we're not talking about computers, we really are talking about robotics and artificial intelligence, which is kind of scary. But if we can go into this as teachers saying, you know what, I'm willing to put my hands on it and try this because I want to see if it works, because we may be surprised and find that it enhances our job. We may be surprised and find that there are good outcomes for kids who need a much different type of support, you know, and maybe we won't. But I think that if we don't, if we, if we don't adopt it and start spreading, you know, the word, we can't do it on what we suspect is going right. to happen. And my last two tips is one, don't assume the more expensive is better. Oh, good. That's <laughs> we've, a good point. We've learned in the AI world, the cheaper, maybe the more efficient it is to be able to learn what you want to know. The expensive thing tells you what the person who made it wants you to know. <laughs> That's but right. if there's something specific, we found $5 gets us more than $500. Yeah. So sometimes the low-tech device. And the second thing is don't assume you have to learn it. That's right. The job of the future is our students knowing AI and knowing robotics. So if you turn it over to them and say, hey, somebody gave us a couple of these throwaway Oculus Rift things. We got a bunch in our program. Can you all figure out how we would use this to learn? That's what they need. That's the highest level of learning is creating your own thinking. And if we do AI and simulation right, that's what we're going to be working on. We realize it's kind of a controversial topic, you guys. That's how we roll. That's what we're doing these days, Lisa. So these are a few of our favorite things. Please send us any questions you have at Access Practical on our Twitter site, or you can send us a post on our Facebook site at Practical Access.